This sit down is with Skylar Howie. He's a good guy I've known for just a couple years. Um, I got to know him through mutual friends running into him randomly around Nashville. And I had seen uh, some of his video work and heard about his work before I even put a face to him. But um, it's been good to get to know him and even see him around town from time to time shooting at different events and whatnot. Um, he does video stuff uh, and we dive into a lot of that, what it's like in this area or in this time period um, doing video and balancing business and creative and all that stuff. We also get into some early on conversation stuff about, I guess it's more of a reference to anime and Star Trek. Um, but it's a good conversation and uh, he's a solid creative guy. So either way, here we go. Is it pretty normal for? Well, yeah. Uh, I'll, tr I'll try wearing these. Those are not. I'm just wondering the best if. Uh, no, it, it sometimes hearing my own voice like mm -hmm. I'm speaking like throws me off. Yeah. So does it and lock I don't know, you like, in? Maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a tech a tactic of yours to like. Yeah. Achieve a certain. I'm experimenting. Okay. okay I'm cool. not gonna pretend. All right. But I think I'll, I'll leave them on. After the first two minutes. Um, as long as you're not too self-loathing, some people can't stand it when they hear their voice, they just yeah. freak out. It's your voice. Uh, it is, it's the only one you have. I was complaining about how my beard grew out three years ago to a buddy of mine, and he corrected me and said, "It's every beard is amazing, it's just how your face does it. So that was a good life lesson. Uh, tell me about Lawnmower Man, what were you just saying about it? Uh, well, I really don't know much about it. Uh, it's just one of those things that I have like a, a glimmer of a memory from my childhood of, okay. and uh, I, I was just having a conversation with somebody about it in some fashion uh, a few weeks ago, I've never and it seen sounded it really interesting, and it was it one is. of those things where I was like, I should watch that as an adult, it right. sounds really interesting. Right. Um, uh, can you just give me one line about what it is or who's in it? I don't, I don't feel like I don't know anything. I, I don't. Okay. No, that was it. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. That's yeah, yeah, I get it. Other than that, I don't feel bad then. Like, okay, that was Steven Spielberg's third movie after Jaws. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I feel like Equilibrium was a movie I watched recently, which I was embarrassed because I had been suggesting it to people. Not recently, but saw it in college and was like, this is The Matrix on a budget. It's amazing. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I hate saying bad things about movies, so it's better than them not making the movie, and there's amazing scenes, and seeing it on the big screen was cool. But watching it years later, I felt kind of embarrassed. Wait, Equilibrium is the one where uh, they have like an AI or something that predicts like when somebody's going to commit a crime. No, that's Minority Report. That's Minority Report. That's, that's, I think, a great movie still. Yeah. Uh, Wait, which one was Equilibrium then? Is that based on Phil K. Dick, I think, Minority Report? Am I just my reach in there? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Equilibrium is a low-budget Christian Bale type uh, yeah. Matrix movie. Uh, style visuals and fight scenes and stuff like that, but they they literally have somebody like shoot a trunk full of puppies, like the bad guys. It's that, um, you know, they go that far. He's a bad. He's a bad guy, so have kill puppies. This is how you establish a person uh, as a as yeah. an evil bad guy. You have them, yeah, <laughs> do something so obviously. Which is I've heard about that before, like uh, the idea that in a movie don't ever have a main character kill a bad guy because or kill a, a dog because it's, it's going to be almost unredeemable maybe unless the dog is chasing you like No Country for Old Men where you have we have no you choice. to shoot it yeah well if it's a big if it's a big scary dog um, yeah you know if it's a um... I don't know what those are called yeah I know uh... exactly what you're talking about <laughs> but I don't know the name of I them. mean I mean dogs dogs are Dogs are an interesting thing, I think, the way people relate to them, because if it's a... Uh, Pitbull? Well, not necessarily the breed, but, like, yeah. in, in film, I feel like you can portray dogs two ways, like, uh, or, or, you know, it can be companion, or it can be, like, this ferocious uh, creature, like, right. uh, what's the one where, uh, I'm drawing a blank here, and this is going to happen a lot during okay, the so this, this interview. Is, no, but, that's cool. That, this um, is the maybe that we're stumbling into, that there's kind of two... Archetypes for the dog in yeah, storytelling, well, and and I feel like even uh, so. What's what's the film uh, where the lady's trapped in the car and uh, the dog is Ooh. trying to escape the dog the whole time? I don't know. It's like I don't classic, know. Like eighties film. I can't. It's 
So she's running from anyway, the dog, and at one point so she's trying I, to I think, I think yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, like, even if you have a dog that is, like, very evil and, like, um, and, is, and is, like, very dangerous and scary looking, right? Uh, something happens, like, when the, the moment that dog dies on camera. Okay. And I think immediately, like, your heart kind of reaches out, and you go, oh. It was just it, a dog. It was just a dog. Yeah, like, it, it couldn't you know, help it. Like, yeah. it didn't know any better, you know? Right. No, that's a good point. I'm trying to think of... Uh, in no country when the dog gets shot, um, I don't feel really anything besides a moment after I feel that the guys that train that dog to be so mean, what a bummer. <laughs> That's what I think. But right when he kills it, I'm just like, thank God that thing didn't bite us in the throat. Yeah. There was one time in my life where a dog tried to bite, oh, a huge dog tried to bite me and then was like cornering me in a room. And I, that was, I love dogs. One other time, one just tried to bite me, I think probably because I got too close to it or whatever, but he didn't mean anything. The, the, this other one, though, was like, he was focused on me, and it was, I was like looking for a knife on the kitchen table because I thought it was about to be that. Yeah, serious. It wasn't that. Have you, uh, what's, have you heard about that film? Uh, it was like a 80s uh, sort of like child's film. Uh, popular favorites in the same vein as like Homeward Bound or something, but... Okay. Uh, I didn't watch this one growing as a kid, but apparently, as they Homer were Bound, I watched when, like when they were when they were filming this one, there was a scene where they where like a cat goes over a waterfall or something. Is that not Homer Bound? That there is a waterfall scene okay. in that movie, Gotta and, have and the, maybe I'm mixing two yeah. stories here. Or the something. waterfall animal archetype. But there is was the yeah. were but just when you're a kid, you know, like nothing seems like more impending yeah. than a waterfall. But uh, but but there's the scene, and apparently, when they were producing it, they were making it in like China or something they were they had to do multiple takes 20 cats and they were just throwing cats over the waterfall wow. and just letting them die yeah yeah they I've just heard, went and collected a bunch of strays I heard rumors about that with lemmings um, like the lemmings don't actually just jump off that was a documentary but I, I never looked into that because yeah. I could care less I never even seen a lemming but I played that game like crazy yeah, me too. <laughs> like crazy yeah uh, one second to focus I'll, I'll like ask right. you what you've been up to but one second to pause and focus on the game The Lemmings because yeah. that was amazing I'm glad you just I said I loved played that it. game that was like you could either build games. a bridge right you yeah. had like the blocks you could or, dig yeah dude um, uh, I always think of SimCity in terms of being a kid on a computer because mm-hmm. I was big on that one yeah turn off the uh, destruction option so no tornado would ever mess with my city so you could just build, build. An, an immaculate like yeah, inception tower of babel oh uh, totally <laughs> yeah we spent a whole lifetime there together um but lemmings uh yeah i don't think i've thought about that for 15 yeah, years that was the first game i ever played i think cool on computer check um yeah so right anyway um I'll, it's good to have the i'm not going to put lawnmower man on my list but when you see it let me know okay um Recently, I've been triggered to get into... Somebody's been pushing me to get into more anime stuff. And um, I've dipped my head into that in the past and dug some stuff and missed some stuff. And I always feel kind of bad. Like, maybe... I think I get Star Trek a lot more now, but it was back in the day when I didn't understand Star Trek. I was like, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean anything negative by that, but um, it seems to like break people's hearts. So I've been tr- I want to start stepping into anime, but that's the last kind Did you... Did you, like, uh, snoop through my past or something online before this interview or something? No, is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, well, uh, I just feel like, uh, to, uh, with the exception of, like, really old friends that have known me since high school, like, very few people probably know that I used to be pretty nerdy and very into anime and, okay, so and you get Star it. Trek, yeah. Okay, cool. oh, wow, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, Star Wars, I didn't say, because I feel like I get it. I mean, I yeah. was raised on that. Um, Star Trek, my favorite stuff in that is literally going and finding the old, I mean, I'm sure you can get it online, but hard copy is, to me is more interesting, but the old discs that have, like, two or three episodes of the, like, original, original, the original? TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the set design is hilarious at times, or mm-hmm. a bummer, or the, the timing is actually better than when I watch Friends again. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this timing actually holds up better than at least the As night. far as, like, their forecast of the future, you think? Um, no, just, like, uh, the beats and just the uh, way they respond and talk to each other. I just relate to it. Like, when I watch 90s comedies now, I'm kind of, I don't... It's it's so... It feels more surreal than the original Re- Star Trek. Oh, okay. Maybe see, I'm reaching yeah. to try to make... I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, anyway, I dig it more now, but... 
maybe I'll ask you, I mean, do you have, is there a, besides Akira, which I've seen and dig. Right. Very, that's like a landmark sort of like anime as, yeah. as art and taken as Started a serious form of film. Yeah. Did it save the Japanese film industry? Is that an overstatement? I'm like seeing from people say things, but I don't know. From a historical perspective, I don't know if it saved anything. Okay. I feel like, like I have a friend who just got back from Japan and he's like, there's anime characters on like everything, everywhere. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's just a staple of their sure of of their television culture. Um, of course, there's like the Studio Ghibli stuff. Like if you haven't seen any Studio Ghibli, like, Spirited Away and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Spirited okay, cool. Away. Um, Hayao Miyazaki, that director, um, and the guy House Castle. That I didn't get the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought it was cool, but not that cool. Yeah. Um, um, but I haven't seen the kite one. Ish. Some the last couple of years it came out, so maybe I don't know if that's as um, flyer, the flyer, the flying kite. Is that nothing? Is that nothing? <laughs> there was a the the last one that Hayao Miyazaki did was uh, um, the the wind. That's probably also blows or something. And it's 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 a uh, it's one of his most. It's his probably his most adult. Uh, okay film that he's ever made of course yeah, yeah. it still has like a lot of like the same sort of like whimsical and like some a lot of similar elements you know familiar with the rest of his work but uh it's about a um a japanese uh aircraft engineer okay um designing aircrafts uh you know airplanes from like in the years like leading up to world war Two. okay um and sort of like his uh you know, just kind of like about his life and but him pursuing his passion of like wanting to fly, but then he can't fly because of his eyesight or something. Okay. And so he becomes a fantastic engineer and he ultimately like designs the the uh, suicide bomber plane. Oh wow! Even though he was like you know very much opposed to war, but it was kind of just a, you know out of necessity. And I don't know. You know, I never thought about it this way, but maybe there's something in that story about. Uh, that conflict that we had talked about before of just kind of like like pursuing something and uh, like the balancing act of like integrity mm-hmm. versus uh, money more or less right right um, the conversation of you can use money for good how much do you put up with or deal with stuff you don't love yeah to get something done that you do dig where's the line there right even when you look at people like John Cassavetes who would just act in movies, I have no idea if he dug them or didn't. And then he used that movie to make his own stuff. I think the guys that um, produced the monkeys turned around and put money into, or at least made Easy Rider happen. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I don't know. In ter- the word sellout is kind of an illusion that I used to believe in because right. I didn't think that, I didn't realize that, and I might have just said this phrase, but it comes to mind a lot, like the idea of like on your way to the hospital, like the car that was built or the, the road that was paved for you to get to the hospital that was built, that's already been tainted with whatever, whatever purity or non-purity of sellout or not. Somebody had to get out of bed to make that hospital if it was even one day where one person didn't want to get out of bed right then, there's a certain level of sellout involved in that, right? From the second you enter. So you don't want to go full steam and just start making the monkeys, even though they're great. Isn't that kind of a a frustrated version of, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but that's just the Beatles cleaner, maybe, or American Beatles to cash in. Yeah. And then you turn around and do something totally independent that's revolutionary and borderline dangerous with Easy Rider, you know. I don't know if I'm going off too far there, but Well, I I think too that there's you know every everything is contextual and I think I don't know, I, I don't really approach I guess life in general in uh, binaries, you know, black right. and white. So I mean, you know, people could be capable of making really rad stuff. Uh, that they're really into and more passionate about, and they can also be capable of making really lame, shitty stuff. Yeah. Uh, that they're passionate and into, or not. That they're uh, you know sometimes the same person obviously doing it for, one project yeah. into the next. Yeah, the same person. You know. Yeah. You can make something great, and then you can make something that's, you know, selling out. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's when but you that try that phrase to, is stupid. I it don't even want to yeah, like. I, I agree with you too. It's, you did air quotes, but I'm like, even with air quotes, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, if you have a billion dollars, maybe, the several people that do, and then you're doing, like we said a second ago, like Monsanto commercials. Right. That is, I guess that's maybe this illusion of some fantasy where that would happen, and we could say, like, that's selling out. But I don't know. I just feel like once it occurred to me that I was mowing lawns and didn't want to, I was like, I've already crossed the line. I'm do I'm do, getting paid to do something I don't want to do, you know. So I don't I'm not going to tear off on it, but I don't this idea of never being, you know, touched by impurities of whatever. Um, I don't have enough energy or emotion to freak out about that 100. percent You know what I mean? I just want to be honest about moving forward with things I like, and then getting out of bed some days when I don't to do whatever it is, you know. Um, anyway. I, yeah. I think um, this all goes back to the, his movie, by the way, the the balancing. I don't, if you want to tie it back. Yeah, up, well, I mean, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to. To tie it back up, I, I mean, in in this guy's case, I mean, he just wanted to make planes and fly. Yeah. But you know, ultimately, he he designed he designed a beautiful plane, but someone else found that plane and they said, you know what, this would be great for perfect war. War, yeah. So now you you know, it sometimes it's just out of your hands too. I mean, yeah. like you can make something that's really great and then somebody can just take it and yeah. use it for something else I think I'm actually pretty okay with that or even people misunderstanding it or even people not liking it or even you know what I mean like if you do something that you feel good about I'm not I don't want someone to take a stick that I whittled and kill somebody with it right. but I understand the concept of that's not my responsibility right. just because I sharpen that stick um, which that starts to tempt us into a social like you know uh having to censor somebody before their followers go out and do something crazy. Which brings us back to Minority Report. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's the guy... I should know this, too. Um, he, it was like his debut, kind of. Colin. There we go. Boom. There's this all comes back to Colin Farrell. Um, so now, eventually, getting through that extra little um, exciting tidbit, what have you been up to the last few weeks or the last few months in terms of balancing the get out of bed when you don't want or get out of bed when you do or being stoked about projects or like what kind of, I've see, I saw you out shooting recently um, and was asking about your rig which looked awesome and super stable um, but I don't know I mean what have you been up to even the last couple of days or we can go back further but there's not you know a specific yeah. um, most recently um, we I for the very first time, uh, I did the forty-eight hour film competition. Oh, film, right on! Project that was that. Was like two weeks ago. Okay, just now. Yeah, maybe maybe three. Um, yeah, I've wanted to do that for years, uh, but had never really been able to convince enough people to kind of like go in with me. Um, They'll say yes like two months ahead of time, but then the week ahead they're like, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. You know, things come up sure. or. Um, but yeah, uh, some of the guys that I. Uh, or one of the guys that I work with, um, one of my business partners, um, he was available and also wanted to do it, and he he really took the initiative uh, and like registered our team, and then I helped uh, flush flush it out. Um, it's pretty much the same thing all over the country, right? Like the yeah. one in Nashville is going to be the same format, right? Yeah, so I I, I think maybe even the same company. I mean, the form, yeah. Group. It's so there's an inter, it's an international competition. Uh, they do them in. 150 cities around the world or something like that okay. um, and yeah I think you even are given the same elements that you have to work with maybe from city to city but uh, each each city um, so obviously you know you have 48 hours mm -hmm. you draw genres out of a hat they give you a prop a character and a line that you have to incorporate and then you have to write and produce and edit a, uh, a film in 48 hours mm -hmm. exactly um, did you just say length or no? Did I miss that? Is there a... Uh, it's anywhere between four and seven minutes. Okay, long. cool. Yeah. Um, a very nice, digestible yeah. length. You don't um, want to dabble with longer than that. If no. And, yeah, I mean, in a weekend. Yeah. And even if you... In, in my experience, in just regular film festivals, uh, most people are going to tell you not to create something over ten minutes if you're doing a short film. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was a great exercise. Um and uh, we were, it was our, it was everybody's first time. I think we had like an actor who had done one before, um, but it was a yeah it was a really interesting exercise, cool. and we were pretty pleased with what we 
what we managed to make. But yeah, so uh, there's one winner from every city, and yeah. those go on to another uh, a festival, a yearly festival called Filmapalooza that's put on by the 48-hour film project. Okay. So Filmapalooza is only 48-hour Is only hour the winners, film. yeah. It's okay, only 48-hour gotcha. only films, and... Um, and then I think they pick one winner from that, and there's like a grand prize. It's like some cash, and yeah. uh, and then I actually also, I also heard that they take like ten or twelve or maybe fourteen of the winners from Filmapalooza, and they take those to the Cannes Film Festival. Okay, okay. Cannes, Cannes. I don't know. I mean, I've I was hoping you could help me out. I've, I've heard both forever as well. I say con, but I con. just picked that five years ago. Yeah. Uh, when you, I've heard so many people I respect say whatever they want, yeah. so I just stop trying. Um, it's a good good thing to avoid, like <laughs> mise en scène. Yeah. Uh, what just genre, don't say it. What genre did you guys get? Uh, we got uh, so you. The way it works is you draw two genres, and you can pick one or the other, or you can actually combine them. So the two oh, that we okay. got were uh, superhero and period piece. Okay. Um, Okay, so, does, can that mean you go forward? Is that, I mean, I've never period asked piece? myself that question, and I would say yeah. no normally, because that's just sci-fi yeah. usually, right? right? Yeah. And, and that was the same thing that crossed our minds when, like, right after we got it, we're like, oh, God, what does this, you know, what does yeah. this limit us to? Can we, can we go forward? But I think, I think, I never actually got an official answer from them, but no, I would, fine, I would I assume it would only that. mean backwards same in here. time because, yeah, because anything forward would be kind of science. Nobody's fiction. ever presented that genre to me as if I have rules. So I've never asked like, right. well, okay, well technically am I allowed to, okay, cool. So you guys yeah. went back. Yeah. Well, we actually, we, we incorporated some elements from period piece, 2017. But, but, we, <laughs> but we submitted, uh, as a superhero film. Okay. Um, it just seemed, uh, a little more just attainable. Period piece. Yeah. Yeah, you don't production well, well, design so, yeah. when cars drive around yeah. in the twenties. So. But but we did. We we wanted <laughs> okay. to elevate the production value of it. So we so we did get um, some wardrobe from a from like seventies esque wardrobe, okay, and cool. we had like a friend with like an old seventies car. So yeah. we we incorporated those elements in there to just kind of like you know we wanted it to be we wanted it to feel a little more immersive. And I think that's one of the things I love about period pieces vibe yeah you know it, you feel much more immersed yeah. in the universe that you're crafting um when you, you have when you have those little things because yeah. even the collars are different mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so we did so we did superhero um and our thing was we wanted to um you know we only had 48 hours so we didn't want to get anything heavy special effects right um so our initial thoughts were um obviously a washed up Superhero, or what's what's a way that we can make a film about a superhero? How can we that... remake Hancock in forty eight yeah. hours without Will Smith? Yeah, um, God, that movie was pretty. Oh wait, no, Hancock. The I concept was. Awesome. I don't remember if I saw that one. Um, I'm That's not the one a huge where he's, it, really. he's a washed up superhero. Right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I, the concept though, when I when that came out, I was like, oh, the, I, yeah, of course, one of them's gonna mm-hmm. be like, I don't want to do this anymore, and commit to it, and not just have that be one part of there. Yeah. Anyway, so. Well, so we went with a uh, we're like we went with a a superhero um, who uh, is applying for just like a job, just a regular job. Okay. Um, and they're kind of I don't want to give too much away, but sure, they're kind sure. of they're using their superpower to help okay, get great. this job to land a job interview, and they're really kind of struggling. Yeah. Um, but there's also we did a little bit the of quickest a, coffee a upon request I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's yeah. not obvious. It feels just like a very normal job interview, and then it's not kind of. There's a reveal at the end that happens yeah. where you're like, oh, that was that what was, was the superpower. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I've seen, I've been to maybe three screenings of a, one of the festivals over the years, like one forever ago, and then one maybe two years ago, and then I think I even caught one last year, um, and it was everything from. All of it is fun because it's just cool to see people messing around with stuff, even if right. you can tell they haven't done much. Or everything is like a, a grainy, meaning no lights, wide shot, you know, with several camera spikes, all the way to you're asking, what was the budget for this? You know what I mean? Like some of them are ridiculous, especially nowadays. People love the post production, you know what I mean? Which I'm going into the old man on that too. Post production is awesome, but um, sometimes it can. If that's like the your main muscle, that can be dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but man, some of the post production I saw on that in a 40 hour period, I'm just thinking, how do you even, you know, how do you turn this around? Yeah. Um, 
It's a. Uh, it seems to be uh, not like I said. This is the first year I've ever done it, but. Marathon, uh, hand off the baton. Yeah. But from from what I had heard from other people who have been doing it more or, or more for multiple years, they uh, it seems like it used to be at least here in Nashville, it used to be more of a thing just for amateur filmmakers, uh-huh. and now it seems to have shifted into where like uh, professional production companies are actually kind of using it as oh, a cool. opportunity to to flex a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, and 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 I got to be honest, like that was kind of the appeal for us. It, it was a, it was an experiment, a challenge. Because uh, we don't, the, me and my business partners, we don't do right. much narrative work. Um, so it was exciting there, but it was also a chance for us to be like, hey, let's take what we've, yeah. what we've learned in doing music videos and just, you know, it, more videography-based stuff. And right. how can we apply, you know, some of these, this skill set to something more creative and more fun. And, right. and you know, can we can we stand up with the big, the big guys? Right, can right. Because um, there are, you know, yeah, there were a handful of, you know, guys with really nice cameras and big right. crews and, uh, yeah, they must have had, like, serious budget. Or at least, right. like, a budget, you know? Like, yeah. we weren't working with any budget, but some right. of these guys had to have had some budget. And that's, that makes me even more curious. That those Whenever stuff gets, I don't know, the idea of diving into that with a low, with, like, a shoulder rig, you know what I mean? Or something just simple and just running and gunning. Mm-hmm. And um, that that would be fun to try to do something not lo-fi necessarily, but just try to get in there and and really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not sketchy to lock down a location ahead of time. I would think just like your no, team. That's yeah. You that's should. that's the one thing that people try to do. It's not cheating, Unfortunately, right? no, no. And I mean, yeah, you you can do, you know, there's a lot you can do uh, yeah. beforehand. That's not considered cheating. You pretty much just have to write it. So yeah, yeah. you know, you cast beforehand. Sure. You build your team beforehand and. You hopefully try to secure a couple location options. Right. We didn't have one. Uh, we ended up having to scramble to find one the night that we that we were drawing our yeah. genre. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have had a location. I think. Um, but uh, you know, we it's, kept asking the Batman building to let us in, and yeah. they said no. We we're like, you don't understand. This is due in like hours. Yeah, there was a team that had a that the team that actually won this year. They shot in an abandoned hospital. Oh, right on. Uh, and I think their whole thing was like they, they knew they had access to this abandoned hospital that was still... Sure. Had power and Please still, still pretty... Please draw horror. Yeah. Please draw horror. But, but they were like, whatever we get, we're going to write it around yeah. this location. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a... You know, I think, I think going into something like that, it's like, you know, if you just went, like you said, just with like a shoulder rig, I think mm-hmm. you just have to you just have to play to your strengths, you know? Yeah. And so if you're going to have like shaky camera movements, you know, like embrace that style right and, oh yeah uh, you know lean into it a little bit. and even that if you're going to do not even literally shoulder rig if you're going to do shoulder rig uh, hand the camera to somebody that's steady um yeah. because even like oh it's you know go do your thing if it's shaky that's okay still try to not ever shake and yeah. then you'll come in and right hopefully under the too much level yeah you know? and, and and that's a that's a real that's a real tip right there too is like you can you can be like oh I want this to feel handheld. There's a difference between like handheld and actually handheld, which is often very shaky. Yeah. No, and so I, a lot no. of times, like like what I do sometimes on shoots is uh, locking something down on a tripod, and then there are plugins that you can add in post. A little bit of to yeah. give it uh, it's to yeah. get to give it a little bit of movement, and it's often much better looking than if you were actually holding it because you get weird jitters and stuff and you get uh, rolling shutter and it just doesn't look as good and you have muscles in play depending on how many takes or hours you've been going that you might just not be holding as much man even just what you said though that is not a new thing the idea of plugging in a little bit of movement afterwards but Mm -hmm. that is just underscores what i'm saying about can you imagine bringing that up 20 years ago maybe i don't know how many years ago but telling somebody like we're gonna post in if that you know whatever some shake on this yeah. just throwing on a tripod yeah. that's so well, it's like in the in the music world it's like going back and telling them like yeah we're gonna record it so clean that there's like no fuzz or anything yeah. and then we're gonna go back and add a right. little bit of uh, what we call warmth which you is know, by exactly adding like a little bit of like what some people yeah. do so right I yeah. mean oh, a sense, lot of people yeah, do that. yeah. exactly so they got there first just because the technology's quicker right it's a yeah. smaller megabyte just like everything else yeah. it's so funny. Um, and maybe not. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on a completely, completely top next level production. Some of these things they've been doing probably for years, and I just have no idea. Um, but even just 
I don't remember the first time I heard somebody plug it in a little bit of shake afterwards, but that's not rare to hear. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually quite easy. Yeah. Right on, man. Uh, so w- when you're saying you guys as a team and most of the stuff you do is event then or music video or what and or what else, um, how long have you been with this team? Uh, so I've been with them for two years now. Uh-huh. Um, How'd you run into them? Uh, it was actually on a music video shoot. Uh, so uh, just a little brief background. My business partners, uh, Jason Denton and Steve Voss, they had already been working together for maybe three, maybe four years, I think, uh-huh. before I met them. Uh, they had been working together. They were both musicians. Okay. Kind of came together making content for their own bands and their friends' bands, and then it became a full-time cool. thing. And then they were shooting a music video uh, through some mutual friends, but more or less uh, for our friends' bands, uh, Crumb, Crumb Pony. Okay. Uh, so they were doing a video for them, and uh, I'm friends with Tyler and Kyle Davis from Chrome Pony, and they mm-hmm. had asked me to come just be in the music video. They needed some extra bodies, and so I came and... Was there a lot of different people dancing and singing along to the song, or no? Uh, not, I've seen not, one not, of the... not singing, but there was a lot of... Do uh, they have one where everybody's singing along to their song, or no? There, not in this... Uh, oh, yeah, so I had done a video for them my, by myself, yeah. like maybe a year before, um, that was kind of like a just a single shot karaoke style thing where yeah, everybody okay. was singing. So I'm song. thinking of a different video that you actually also made. Well, right? Yes. I'm thinking yes. of that. Okay, I, did, cool. I did make that cool. one, yeah. That's a um, great energy. This one was a much, yeah, thank you. Um, this one was a much, it was a higher budget. Sure, sure. More sure. of a production yeah. on the artistic side. But in terms of an idea that is playing your game or playing to your strengths and going minimal but still delivering something that doesn't feel like, oh, that's cute that they did this without anything. If The other one, the karaoke one, felt like it, like you could have made that with a big budget but it didn't call for much you know what I'm saying yeah yeah didn't feel forced anyway. um, I can't take credit for that entire idea that was actually uh, their their bass player the friend of mine Hota S.A. Yeah. came to me and was like hey I've got this idea for right on. a video that I think would be simple and cool um, could you help me you know do you think you could do it and I was like uh, yeah, that, yeah that sounds great well this is the beauty of video work is there is no like it's such a team thing anyway yeah. you know what I mean and that's that's how I definitely prefer to function you know I know a handful of other uh, people out there that really thrive as like the one man team sort of uh-huh. uh, that's never been my strong suit um, and actually really got me down a lot often when I was trying to do stuff on my own yeah, yeah. Uh, that was why I was trying to seek out teams of other people to work with not only because you can you know, increase the scale and the scope of the projects you're working on and you can learn from other people. Oh, but yeah. also I just, uh, you know, I prefer to be able to specialize on one portion or at least, you know, be able to elevate someone else's work, you know, alongside my own. Um, I don't know. I just, I think you just come up with better ideas yeah, uh, and a better product when you collaborate with other people, but... It's kind of just a different production all around. It's interesting to see people that yeah. now that you can carry everything at once, people are trying to do everything at once. And yeah. you kind of can't blame them because they have so many hands. You can hold a mic and a camera. Yeah. But the old, not to say it's an old Hollywood way of doing it, but just the idea of having a team or having a infrastructure and being able to say, look, I'm great at audio or I'm great with a camera or I'm really good at organizing a team or whatever it is. Right. Um, that's really exciting. The idea of that just shows that the city's moving in a good direction in terms of production, also, where we can have more people that specialize in an area. Right. You know what I mean? It's the same as a college program growing or something where you have areas areas of specialty. You know what I mean? It just yeah. means it's bigger. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a it's a thing. It's a it's a strange thing that I feel like uh, I was. It feels like a, it feels a little bit circular to me. I guess because I, I went to school for film and television production at the University of Alabama. And it was a very um, old model program in the sense that... Uh, was it more TV or more film or both? It was more TV. Okay. Um, a lot of people there did like broadcast news gotcha. and that sort of thing. That's a PR, common, like, that's but, a big question when it comes to a program, yeah. I think, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and this one was definitely not centered around film, but they did have like a small little track you could follow if you wanted to go more of that but yeah. either way at the time you know like 2008 9 they were still very behind in the sense that 
they were teaching everybody how to essentially work your way up through, uh, you know, learning the ins and outs of a major Hollywood uh-huh. uh, production. Right. Um, you know, start as a PA. Here's all the things you need to know to like do this and right. you know they weren't teaching anybody it, it wasn't a film school I'll say right. that um, but then upon graduating from that like obviously like at least here in the south like nobody was there weren't any jobs for that sort of thing right. at least not that I was plugged into and everybody that I knew that was doing cool stuff just had you know a Canon 5D you know a There's little no DSLR or something in the southeast yeah and so everybody I knew that was doing cool stuff was just like had DSLRs and they were just making music videos. So, right. and you know, not to push you off, me into the one man team thing. Uh, the Obviously there's Atlanta and things in Louisiana and North Carolina, which as I understand, North Carolina and Louisiana are backtracking now. Um, Atlanta is still strong as a studio there. A lot of the productions coming out of there are, are from other cities like Los Angeles and whatnot. They're coming there yeah. to make stuff. But I'm not saying there's not it's a different infrastructure in the southeast as compared to Hollywood, obviously. Yeah. But there's so much more videography, live event, and all that. Like the idea of doing a one man show and on the west coast, I'm sure exists because there's events and all that stuff. But right. the, uh, yeah, so I don't want to say there's no infrastructure here, but compared to other cities, yeah. it's like you're gonna, you could wait around forever trying to pitch something big that's Hollywood style production. So anyway, that, but that pushes you into more of the one-man show. Yeah. Is that, is it an, well, you just keep saying whatever you're saying. Well, I, I think you're right. And I think the thing that pushed me into the one-man show thing is because coming out of college, I was, I was apprehensive about, like, like, and I knew that there was, like, that there was production work in Atlanta, uh-huh. but I think I was apprehensive about just, uh, maybe it was that selling out sort of thing. I was like, I don't want to go work for, like, a, production company you know? right. I didn't I, I didn't want to do everybody that everybody at, at whatever age has a different opinion of what because other people would be like I'm not going to sell out I'm going to go yeah. work for a production company work my way you know it's just like your own definition yeah. well the people that I thought that were cool and the people that I looked up to yeah. that were doing it you know they were just like forging their own like path right, just like right. shooting Tarantino one camera music PA. videos yeah. oh yeah yeah um, but Mark yeah, Romanek yeah, so, so, never PA'd yeah. So, so it forced at least me and a lot of my contemporaries into like the one man show sort of thing, and now a lot of us are trying to, at least me and yeah, I, I think a lot of us are trying to like work our way back out of that into more of a yeah. conventional, for lack of a better term, more conventional pro- production environment. Yeah, where we do have, uh, you know, larger teams, you know, more specialized roles. Hopefully Sounds that comes great. with bigger budgets. Um, That's encouraging to hear. It is. And, and to go, even to pause before going on that, is there a filmmaker or person that even, like a name that comes to mind when you think of those people? Because I'm joking around when I say like, thinking of indie Tarantino or big music video director of a past era with Romanek, but that might not be, that might be something totally different when you're saying, I was inspired by guys or girls that are just running around with a camera doing their own thing. You, that might be something totally different. Or no, does that not even matter? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think. Can re- rephrase it for me? Yeah, because I'm. I guess in a simple sense, who inspired you, if anybody, and it might just be the idea of it, because there's certain topics that I'll see a handful of filmmakers. It's not any one person, but it was it. Like, I'm trying to think, even for me, when I saw Swingers and Bottle Rocket, those are two important films for me, because I'm like, you can, wait, what? You can make them, I'm sure they were out there, but in 95, you know, I hadn't really seen much where you could make a movie about dudes that were pretty much regular people, mm-hmm. and somehow this is a movie, you know what I mean? For so long, it was, I mean, Tommy Boy I liked, and that was kind of a regular person, but that's Chris Farley, it's a different thing. Yeah when I was even younger, but those movies blew my mind in terms of this is more engaging to me than the idea of you get to hang out with Willy Wonka for a day or with Elvis for a day or here's a biopic on, you know what I'm saying? Like that stuff's cool to me. Nothing against Willy Wonka, that's some awesome stuff, but when I saw regular people on the screen that blew me away you know what I mean yeah. so I like went crazy I remember when we traveled up to California as a family and I was like begging 
to go drive an hour and a half or three hours to some indie theater to see Made Favreau's. He didn't direct Swingers, so I guess this was that would be his directorial debut, but his second kind of film as a producer, writer, or whatever. Um, anyway, that's I, I would say. I would say for me, my inspiration is actually. It, it didn't come from that same place. Um, I, when I got started doing this, I was never very int- I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't more. I wasn't as into film. Yeah. Really. Cool. Uh, I originally wanted to do documentary work. Awesome. Um, I have always wanted to, and still do want to do nature documentaries. I've always been really inspired by um, the the conservation aspects of that um, you know because there's a lot of very like real environmental threats um, yeah. and I think like environmental like conservation and awareness is like is a big thing for me um, after but, you see planet earth it's harder to throw right, a plastic yeah. bottle out the window because <laughs> you're thinking of those birds that go uh, the birds of paradise that, and you're just yeah. like if this plastic bottle finds its way into that guy's little room that he's trying to clean up to find a mate, I'm gonna feel even worse. Yeah. If you just think it's a, if it's like a raccoon, you're like, I hate raccoons. I see those every day. Yeah, raccoons. Oh, they fucking love my trash here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they want it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I mean, uh, my thing was, uh, I, I wanted to, to do documentaries. Um, I think that led me into uh, just out of opportunity, um, documenting the music scene that I was sure that I was around, um, and it wasn't until I think I started, uh, just like. Yeah, it was like after college, like hanging around more people that were, um, that were more, uh, I guess like intellectually stimulated by film and like, you know, I, I had always, I like to think I'd always had, I'd always had good taste in film, but that's yeah. not true because I have I some know, guilty man. pleasures that are some pretty bad I think movies. If you dig it, but I that's always, good t- if you I really always, enjoy it. Yeah. I always wanted to push Legally myself. Bond is maybe yeah. a good movie. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I always wanted to push myself to like and, and to understand and better film and I think by that I, I, I gained an appreciation for it just by pushing myself in that sure. in that direction surrounding myself with people who uh, you know could uh, intellectualize um, and just like breathe life into into film sure and at this point I you know like I said I still would love to figure out a way to do true documentary work but until then like yeah i think there's a lot that you can learn from narrative that is applicable there um uh, oh no doubt yeah oh totally because you got to find a story anyway you right, got to yeah. find some sort of goal some sort of stakes yeah some sort of beginning middle and end is going to be there and i think with documentaries a lot of people just they shoot and then they find it in the edit you know uh-huh. or at least i think before you get into it you you think you can just do that but then you just end up wasting so much time, you know? Like, you, you do have to have some structure right. to it. Um, in the sense of not this interview, but in a good other good interviews, you would have questions ready. You would know the answers, presumably, to those questions to yeah. the best of your ability, too. So that you, even though you don't aren't controlling it, you know where it's probably going to go. Yeah you, yeah, you might already have a sense of the story. Right. Now, not every documentary is made that way. Sure. Um, there was that one... Uh, about uh, I don't know if you've seen this. It was on Netflix. The, about the guy, it started out as like the the bicycle doping documentary. Okay. And then it, and then so this guy is like. Don't think I have seen. It. He's, um, I'd have to look up the name, but he. More or less, some people start shooting a documentary thinking it's going to be one thing, right. and then it clearly like gains its own legs and like goes yeah. places. That is uh, fascinating because only that happens every that only happens every once in a while. And, and you when know it does, when you see it, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. we're all getting swept up in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. What did it go into? Is that giving uh, too much? So, work? Yes, no. So it's a I feel like a fool now, like not being able to like look things up on my phone. Uh, I'm like resisting the no temptation. Good. But uh, I guess. I think, yeah, so yeah, it's good. it's this guy, he um he's a he's a cyclist and he just like starts making this documentary about like uh, like doping and how it increases improves performance. He wants to know like if uh, if people who dope uh, like Lance Armstrong, you sure. know, is it really like gonna you know like he oh, just, right. he's just investigating yeah. you know like how much I does it help you? I looked into it for two seconds, but is the question does it really help you? It has to, right? Because every yeah. one of those dudes were yeah, doing pretty much yeah. pretty much you can't be competitive. I think uh, in, 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 in the top tier right. like without it. But 
in the process of investigating this whole thing, he finds he become, comes in contact with the guy who was helping all the Russian uh, Olymp, uh, Olymp, okay. Olympic athletes pass their tests, and then it turns into this. It goes down this whole weird um, direction of of just like political intrigue yeah. and all the corruption, all the way up through the top of like the Russian oligarchy, right. and like how this guy was so easily able to to fake all these urine tests and and then he ends up seeking asylum in the US and the only person that he has to lean on is this guy who's been filming him and yeah. interviewing him over the phone and he's like confessing to all these crazy Don't release things. the documentary I changed my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets pretty it gets pretty wild. It's really yeah. good. Um, the Wild Wild Country is that the it's episodic. Yeah, yeah. I watched that recently. Yeah, that was great. That was cool. Um I feel like Ken Burns is one that's been huge for me, especially yeah. the older stuff or the less political, because it's just so hard to make something present and political that someone's not muscling on or putting exactly, money into. Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with GM or Chrysler or whoever put money into a documentary, but who knows the yeah. true story there. Yeah, I love Ken Burns stuff. Civil yeah. War. Civil War is a is great one. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, I I've like laughed and cried watching that. Mm-hmm. And then the baseball, I don't know if you're a baseball fan or not, not really. but. That documentary is ridiculous. It's um, a Ken Burns documentary. Yeah, man. It's and it's nine parts all through the innings, yeah. and then they have a the tenth inning too, which really just kind of focuses on Barry Bonds' dad. Which I sh- I kind is of the whole series just about one game. No, it, it's it goes through the very beginning all the way up. So every inning is like a new couple decades or, okay. or, or so. Cool. Um, so I mean, and that's part of the reason why baseball is so fun to me is it's like Babe Lincoln was was like. Saw someone strike. Abe Lincoln was saw someone strike out and was like, "Oh man!" Did I say Babe Lincoln? You did say Babe Lincoln. Babe Ruth Lincoln. <laughs> Babe Ruth Lincoln. That was his real name. Yeah, uh, I call him Babe Lincoln. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like these dudes from forever ago are. It's just that's yeah. interesting to me. You can have a shared experience with yeah, with Abe Lincoln. You know? Yeah, and in the same way that the Olympics are cool because the whole world's watching, even if maybe the Olympic, the Olympics are corrupt or something. Uh, in the same way that soccer is cool because everybody around the whole world gets right. it to some mm-hmm. degree. But anyway, uh, yeah, I love I love Ken Burns' work though. Um, historical documentaries really. Those are the biggest for me. I'm trying to think of other Manda Labala, and I probably say that I'm pronouncing that wrong. Manda Bala, maybe it's just that. It's a documentary um, that I saw forever ago now about kind of focuses on I think kidnapping. Um, and ransom and corruption. I want to say Buenos Aires, but I might be making that up. I feel like that's bad to be like saying talking about corruption in a place and not know. But that's interesting because they dropping, would dropping accusations over here. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, they would interview doctors that helped with. I think it was like ear uh, plastic surgery because that was a common way to show that you would really kidnap somebody. They had like a, a, a frog farmer who was involved with these. I mean, Wait, it was. Hold on, go back. Like cutting yeah. off someone's ear to like prove that you would It became them. so common That's in the kidnapping medieval. ransom side that, that this dude's practice started to pick up from. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty interesting just because I'm thinking, like, how do you even make this and get out, get out of there with your camera? Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the documentaries I fall into is just people and uh, starting businesses or projects and their battle with it uh, is there like a stand for you on documentary is there like a stand-up core I mean you're saying the more you do it the more you're you want to have a plan um, but is there in the same way that people probably could fall in and out of love with the idea of just get an interview find b-roll you know what I mean like that almost is how you a lot of people probably start making documentaries and then you get away from that and I bet you sometimes you go back to it because that's the most simple you know I don't know Yeah. is there anything you've seen or every project is different you feel like I think I think I mean so every project is different uh, yeah I, th- I think there are like standards and practices that you uh, that you develop that like you said you can very easily fall into um, I hope that I, I would hope that that would never happen to me and I think as long as you remain self-aware of like your work and your style uh, you can hopefully push yourself to not or, or to at least always be trying something different right. um, as far as your technique no of course if something just works really well like keep it but don't be afraid to like yeah don't be afraid to try a different technique sure um, 
maybe do that one and a new one on the next project together. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out what works. I, I think you just have to be you just have to be doing it enough and long enough. And I think you start to recognize sort of the threads that uh, tie one project right. to the next. And I think that's where you really start to learn just doing it. And this is maybe a too specific, but one of the things I kind of go crazy on when I'm watching movies or documentaries or whatever, television, is the visual motifs. You know what I mean? Do you find that coming into play where, where there, it, you are showing somebody's um, spectacles that were given to them from their grandfather throughout the whole... You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, do, I just feel like when I watch The Graduate, I'm just thinking... Water means loneliness. That's huge the whole time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I'm watching um, Inception, I feel like if you see curtains or if you see kids running away in slow motion, it means you're losing your mind. Uh, that stuff comes into play in documentaries, but do, uh, do you even feel like is... I don't know. Does that is that something... I don't know the best way to you phrase mean, it. You like mean as like a narrative element? Yeah. Like using yeah. elements from narrative? I'm sure it is, but I don't know if you even think that way that much. Uh, I don't know that I I mean, do. I don't. I'm not producing documentaries. Yeah, right yeah, now. right, right. Uh, I'm even thinking like, you probably wouldn't get there if you're doing a music piece or an event piece where you're like shooting the tomato festival and you're following tomato throughout, and it's the motif, yeah, and you know, that's yeah. stupid. So I don't know, I'm kind of reaching and figuring yeah. it out with you. I mean, I think, I, I think, I think there is a... I think there is really something to be said, and I think that's something that definitely like sets a documentary aside. Is when you do find like those certain elements uh, from narrative work um, that you can incorporate into it yeah. while still keeping true to the subject matter, you know, without right. heavily skewing anything. I right. think there's a certain amount of journalistic practice, I guess, that has to go into a documentary, but you can also take a lot more liberties, you know, sure. like you're making a film. You're you not, have to, You're right? not reporting you're on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're finding a narrative, but you're also constructing a narrative to a certain right. extent. And, you know. Is the journalistic th- side of it, is that one of the main things that grabs you? Or even just the fact of like the excitement of, I could just look at something long enough and it will become interesting. Obviously not. You know what I mean? You got to be careful yeah. if your movie is boring because it's just staring at something for too long. But that's the idea of documentary is like, I'm casting the planet or the universe or, you know what I mean? And I trust it enough to, is that something that engages you or is it more the fact that like, we're going to get to the truth or is it just like neither of those? You just like the doc. I, I guess I'm, I've always just been like naturally curious. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I really loved just like, you know, all the other students would hate them, but I really loved, uh, you know, just like the educational like stuff like that you would watch in like history class or like science class. And I just, Anytime I just loved the learning. Came on in school was awesome. Well, yeah, everybody. I mean, if, if for no other reason than just getting to like close your eyes and put your head down, <laughs> the lights, the turn, lights off. turn off. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, 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 I think I'm pretty curious, and I just, I don't know. I just, I just like getting to learn things, and honestly, totally. I even like kind of enjoy the interview process, like yeah. in documentaries, like sitting down and just like getting to know someone, like learning what makes them tick. Um, or if it's like an organization or some sort of structure, like learning about it. I, right. I think it, it's just fascinating for me, and I feel like I can um, take that uh, own amount, of, my own amount of curiosity, and if I can take that and spin it or form it into something that somebody else might also find interesting, sure. um, then I'm, maybe I'm just making, I just want to make documentaries for myself, really just because I want to sure. learn about stuff i think at first it has to be that and then once you're done with a piece you're like oh i wonder if this is now a part of a conversation if i put it out there and someone watches it Mm -hmm. then we're now conversing about this you know what i mean i I did one more like corporate shoot i did a major event and it was just lectures for a weekend or for a couple days um about man um basically construction on a huge scale Mm -hmm. and that actually was really interesting I, i was so surprised at how I wouldn't want to do that all the time, but I'm just sitting there making sure levels are good and exposure and all this. Um, but you're absorbing. You know, I absorb that information. So, yeah. And I had no idea, um, just because I've watched The Graduate too many times. That, you know, I could have been looking into a major construction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I dig it in that sense, too. Um, I, yeah, and, you know, of course, that's like the foundation. Like you said, that's, that's where you start, you know, is just general interest in, yeah. a, in a subject or a person or a story. But I think the execution 
of that is really where the craft comes in. Right. Like being able to, um, you know, tell that in an interesting way. Like you don't want to, I mean, if, if the, if the goal is to take something and not just point a camera at it because that might not be interesting for everybody, right. but you want to make it interesting for other people. Sure. So you have to, yeah, you have to find those things, um, you know, find the things that are true to it and that you can, that you can bring forward so that you're not skewing anything. I think yeah. it's important for a documentary to be, yeah, I think there's a certain amount of like truth that has to yeah. be maintained. And how can you get in there, um, and put us in their, literally their POV or yeah. whatever it is. Like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it sounds like when you're lacing up your boots before you go on the job as a yeah. police officer or whatever. There's a certain, I think there's a certain element of like compassion uh, in producing documentaries too. Right. And, you know, if you can, uh, like making a, making a murderer, for example, on Netflix, Dude, I feel I like so it. many people, yeah. uh, you know, like this is just like a poor you know, white family that probably nobody would have been able to sympathize, sympathize with, uh, you know, often probably would have just been labeled as rednecks, but I feel like after right. that documentary, they did such a good job of, I mean, not only uncovering, like, this crime, but just humanizing the person. Oh, my gosh. Put, putting you in their shoes and spending enough time with the person that you would not otherwise spend time with Yeah. to where you can understand them and you can empathize with them. And that maybe is it. It's the spending time with them. Like if you yeah. spend enough time with somebody, a character or a person, uh, it, it might take a while. But uh, there's been people that I've, whether work or whatever situations where I've been like, I don't think this is going to be fun for me ever. And then after a while, I realize, oh, you know what? He's pretty great at this or she's actually pretty hilarious or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That documentary definitely did that for me. Um, and you're, you're wondering what else going on behind the scenes but at the end of the day you're also thinking they're kind of pushing this kid to confess yeah you know so this makes me want to throw up I hope I'm not getting played by these documentary guys you know um, I still don't know if they ever really got to the bottom of that by the way they released them and or they were going to release them and then they didn't I think the youngster is still in prison um which that's a whole another seventeen hour conversation. The right. prison system. Um, part <laughs> we have one. Of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy, uh, but it definitely humanizes what maybe people would consider to be the most bummer family in the community yeah. or the or the trashiest. And I, and I think you know to the uh, to speak to that documentary series like. It was, and I don't mean to make light of this guy being in prison. By the way, I know we're laughing oh, no. about the prison system, but I'm laughing because it's so freaking overwhelming that you're yeah. either gonna, if you're honest, you're gonna giggle because your brain hits infinity confusion, or you want to cry because you're literally you're just like I'm paying to keep people in cages. This is this these crimes better be 100 percent and extremely violent. Anyway, well, 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 I think I think one thing that's so good about that, or at least a, any documentary, is it has multiple fronts that it is. Right, working on yeah. you know it's it's got a it's got a it appeals to your sense of justice or injustice you know there is the whole there's the systemic aspect of just uh, you know the justice system right um, and and there's just like this uh, this otherness you're becoming familiar with someone you know outside of your own uh, yeah. usual sort of like circle which is so easy to think this is just how life is I mean even if you know it's not when you get in your own rhythm, I mean, even just watching the wild, wild country, it's the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, or any period piece or anything. Uh, is there, do you feel like in your mind, this is kind of more of like a technical question, question, for you where you're at moving forward and also kind of getting, building what you've built so far that you feel good about, um, What are there any main keys there or thoughts? Like, firstly, I guess we could say kind of moving forward from here. You already hinted at it, like trying to keep building reaching out even through the 48 hour film festival continuing to do, continuing to do music and documentary stuff also but do you feel like there's something for you that you're having to focus on now like even just building a community that's a huge part of film and video work is building a community that is legitimate that you get along with that will show up i mean i, I don't know maybe it's the same for every art form but video people love to say yes and then not show up um but I don't know, is there, is there anything, like, when you look at your, I don't know if it's goals, but almost more, like, plan, like, daily tactic. Goals are great, but it's what can you do about a goal. It's more about what are you going to try to do over the next month or two or three to keep 
like keeping yourself excited or moving in a good direction. Yeah. Um, I can talk about. I can ask the question for another ten minutes. We're <laughs> gonna keep going. <laughs> Uh, staying excited, find, finding stuff to stay excited about is, is a challenge unto itself, I think. Um, I, th- I think working, working with different people, I think, is, is a thing. Is that, that's a kind of short-term goal for right. me. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do the 48-hour thing. So I, I have two business partners that I work with regularly, and I've learned a lot from them. Um, they've maybe learned a little bit from me, but I've learned right. a lot from them and, uh, it's, it's been really good for me, but at the same time, I, um, don't want to just stop there. I think it's important to always be broadening my horizons as far as like on a technical level, on a creative level, on a right. just professional level. Um, so I think a continuous like goal for me is to just always be trying to work with, uh, new people um and you know just keep opening doors i think i think that's a big thing like uh i've spent the past two years just trying to say yes to as many different types of projects as i can yeah um, that right there is a big thing because there's a time and a place to be really making sure you're saying no really making sure you're in between and really making sure you're saying yes you know Mm -hmm. um and and especially once you start uh at least sub- subsisting off of video work and you're not to say that I'm making a lot of money but I'm making enough to pay my bills right. and, and not have a, a side job um, it's uh, it's very tempting sometimes to say yes to a, you know a big or a, a bigger paying gig sure. you know that might totally suck um, right, right. Like we had this uh, we had this guy reach out to us last year who, um, I can't remember his name. I probably shouldn't say his name. Anyway, yeah, there's no reason to. Um, but he was like a rock country guy. Sure. Uh, I, don't I, I would say, yeah, right? No. Um, and I would, I would say he was kind of in the vein of Kid Rock. Um, okay, okay. But, you know, not nearly as big because Kid Rock is freaking huge. Um, also, if we're out of time, just let me know. I'm checking right now. No, I think we're good. Probably in the next minute or two. Okay. Or three, we'll try to wrap down. Um, Anyway, this guy reached out. You were out. at not as big as Kid Rock. Yeah. So anyway, so he was not as big as Kid Rock, but apparently had enough of a budget. He wanted to do a video. A friend of his had turned him on to us and pretty much sounded like we had the gig. It was going to be like the biggest budget for a music video we'd ever had. Right. Um, and we were like, ooh, this already feels dirty. It's just going to be like, uh, you know, a, a redneck guy. The, the song was literally about being... Uh, coming from it was about being redneck and having a lot of money okay gotcha, gotcha. which is like probably what all Kid Rock's uh, stuff is right, right right but uh, so you know it was just like him and hot women sure in fast Rock's cars on a yacht that, like, you know just like soul. doing stupid shit right uh, but then his whole a four wheeler driving around on my on a, yacht yeah on a yacht yeah. on the front of the, the bow of the yacht hillbilly just rich crap yeah, gotcha. you know um, but his and, and we were so tempted to do it yeah. uh, just as like a cash grab just to like sure. buy some new gear for our studio telling yourself then, it's a learning experience yeah yeah which you know, it is you can learn something from every shoot sure. um but then what pushed it over the edge was when he reached when he reached out the second time and he said i've got the guy who shot osama bin laden and he'll holy be in the cow video. Holy, yeah and we just did a quick little google of that guy and turns out he is uh a real kind of piece of work anyway he's uh so you Short story, long story short, yeah, yeah. Osama bin Laden was shot by a Marine, uh, there, or maybe it was a Navy, Super Navy SEAL. Super long story short. Yeah. short. Um, <laughs> Super long story there, short. There, there's one Marine in particular that sure. is taking credit for it, um, and, gotcha. and going around. He's the one that wrote the book, I think. Yeah, he, one yeah he wrote a book, he's gone on TV shows. All the other, like, people in his platoon or squad have kind of, like, disavowed him in the sense that, like, they say... You know, our rule so is, that, is, that, is that we don't, is talk that, about it. yeah, we don't kill for glory. Yeah. Um, and this guy is kind of about just like gotcha. bragging about it or whatever. Right. Um, and doing, you know, music videos like this. And right. that was when we were like, okay, right. that's it. We're, right. we're not doing this video no matter how. It's the kind of partying around the idea of war excitement, which is a yeah. little bit dangerous there. I mean, just when you say that guy's name, Osama Bin Laden, you're like, okay. 
I don't even, I just got to pause and just make sure I'm, uh, this is a good thing to tie into a music video. I get that. He's a hero to some people. And, and it, yeah. Know? And that, that was it. That was exactly it. It, it was also just a celebrity, uh, yeah. like grab, you know, sure. uh, like the guy didn't, it wasn't relevant to the music video. Uh, right. it was just, we've got this guy sure. that has like a little bit of celebrity status, uh, Let's put him in the music video just there's a for that reason. Time and a place to probably maybe where it would work to bring that dude into something when you're going maybe into a more controversial stance on it. Yeah. Um, interesting. Anyway, uh, my name's Skylar Howie, and this was great, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is <laughs> is somebody knocking? Me? I think maybe. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Check cool. it out. Let's see. No. I thought I heard. Somebody. No. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, One second, man. We'll shut it down. We're good. Um, right on, and we'll do that. And uh, I'm trying to make sure there's any other thoughts about that because it's an interesting one. Uh, in 10 or 20 seconds, in terms of anybody listening to this, in terms of, how should I say it, getting into building something, whether it's video or entrepreneurship or anything, do you feel like it's the same thing? Saying yes to a lot of things, trying to work with new people is kind of how you've been doing it for a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, if... If you want to, if you work better by yourself, do that. If you work right. better with other people, I, I think there's always something to be gained by working with people that are that whose skill set is beyond your own. Um, but right. yeah, spend spend a year or so, just say yes to as many things as you can, whether there's money involved or not. Right. Uh, just build up a body of work, and yeah, just always be trying to push yourself and learn. And think, just at least double think it if someone wants to do a party video around yeah. somebody that's the famous and the war have side of things there's maybe a time for that and there maybe is not a time for that and yeah, I'll hopefully you you'll be fortunate, hopefully you'll be fortunate you. enough to where you won't have to make those distinctions yeah immediately yeah. yeah cool awesome dude uh, good stuff uh,